So accept one another. Accept one another. Romans chapter 14, verse 1 starts out by saying, Accept him whose faith is weak without passing judgment on disputable matters. Man, this, is, this, this thing of acceptance is oftentimes very, very difficult for us. Because we are trying, we are trying so hard to, to find this. And yet how can we accept things without losing our own identity? How can we find this balance? Because we don't want to lose our core beliefs. We don't want to lose what is foundational to us, who makes us who we are as Christians. Something that every culture, not just Christians deal with, but every single culture we have to deal with. How can we accept other people that are different from us without losing our core identity? The Hmongs being here in America for the past 40 years, something that they also struggle with. How can I be a Christian without losing my identity as a Hmong person? Because for thousands of years, the identity of being a Hmong person is to the practice of ancestral worship. Ancestral worship determines everything about the clan, everything about the relationship within the community. It is a challenge. It is a challenge for us all. How can we accept others that are different from us without losing our core identity as Christians? How do we go about doing that? And so the Apostle Paul talks here in Romans, the book of Romans, he's talking about this very, very concept. How can you continue to believe in Jesus Christ and yet at the same time accept others that are different from you. And he wrote the book of Romans to a people, to, to, to the Romans, a people who, who were very well educated. They were pretty much the capital of the world at that time. The whole theme, the whole idea of the book of Romans was to proclaim the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's why the Apostle Paul opens up by saying, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. He have yet to be there. He have yet to go, to go to Rome. And yet he was writing this letter to them because he had this desire to be able to go to a people that's different from him. And yet he wants to take this message of Jesus Christ toward to them, to them, to help them come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so throughout the first 11 chapters of the book of Romans, he sets down what it means to be a Christian. The essential things, the things that are core to the faith of Christianity. And after he sets those things down, he goes on into chapter 12, chapter 13, and then now here in chapter 14. That, he, that if we hold, we don't lose our identity. That we must not lose our identity. We must know what our core beliefs is. But apart from that, when it comes to disputable matters, Things that are secondary, but we must accept one another over these things. Many times the things that divide us in the church, many times the things that divide us as people, just as people, are the disputable things, the things that are not very important in life. These things divide us. Just like that at that time, just like during that time, the things that were dividing them at that time was just determining whether or not you can eat certain food. Those things were dividing them. 
The early Christians were being divided over the idea of whether or not you should, whether or not the Sabbath, you should worship on the day of the Sabbath. Those who were of Jewish descent, we have to remember that the Christian faith started out as a Jewish faith through Jesus Christ and the, and the disciples. But as it spread out to other cultures, as it spread out to other, um, other ethnic groups, to the Greeks and to the Romans and to other people, it, no longer was, it was no longer just isolated to the Jewish culture. And so there was a lot of division at that time. Must you be a Jewish person in order for you to believe in Jesus Christ? Must you observe the law of the Jewish culture in order for you to believe in Jesus Christ? And the Apostle Paul says, you're fighting over things. You're fighting over things that are not important. Because the important thing is Jesus Christ. The important thing is Jesus Christ. And one man may say that he can eat and another man may not say that he may say that he cannot eat. But regardless of what they believe in, in regards to food, regardless of that, they are still children of God. And we must not destroy the kingdom of God over these disputable matters. We must not destroy the kingdom of God over food and over meat. We must not destroy the kingdom of God over the idea of whether or not we should practice these Jewish customs. Because the important thing is not about these customs. The important thing is about Jesus Christ. Who is Jesus Christ? And we talked about this last week. We said that as a Christian, the, the first thing that we must believe in is in the deity of Jesus Christ as God. And that's the important thing that the Apostle Paul is talking about here, is that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And that is something that we must not lose. That is core to who we are. That is what gives us an identity. Because once you lose your core belief, once you lose your foundational belief, you no longer have an identity as a group. As long as you, if you, if you lose your, your core beliefs, if you lose your value of your clan, you're no you no longer have that identity anymore. As Christians, if we lose these core beliefs, then we no longer have our identity anymore. And these core beliefs, like I said, is the deity of Jesus Christ. That is foundational to what we believe in, that he is the Son of God. He is the Son of God. That's something that we are to hold on to. The idea of original sin, the idea of original sin through Adam and Eve, how death came to this world and, and how sin came into this world through one man. It is only in sin that Jesus Christ needed to come. Without sin, there is no need for Jesus Christ at all. Many times we often talk about Jesus Christ. We often talk about Jesus Christ but we don't understand that the reason why there is Christ is because someone needed to free us from the bondage of sin. Most theologians and most biblical scholars, as they read the scripture, as they read the book of Romans, they will say that the book of Romans is the best presentation of the gospel of Jesus Christ ever written. It is the best. It is the very, very best ever written. So it makes the most rational sense when you read it. You understand exactly God's plan through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Another core belief we talked about is the canon of scriptures, believing in the Bible. We talked about this, and I, I shared a story with you guys about a pastor here in our circuit. And this pastor was struggling with a member of his church because this member of his church was continuously attacking this pastor all the time. 
because the pastor was preaching from the Bible. And he, he, didn't, he didn't want to hear that anymore because it is his belief that nothing in the Bible is true. That all of Scripture is just myth, just mythology and things of that sort. And so he was constantly attacking his pastor, constantly writing letters to his pastor, attacking his pastor about this. And this pastor sat down with us because we're, we're part of a team here on our circuit. And he said, what, shall, what should I do? What, what am I supposed to do with this church member of mine who's constantly attacking me every single week? Every single week about this. Because the UMC affirms and the UMC says this. It says that the Bible is the source of all that is necessary and sufficient unto salvation. And it is to be received through the Holy Spirit as the true rule and guide for faith and practice. So in other words, we believe in the Bible. We believe in the scripture. And yet, here is this, here is this member, member of his church that is just constantly attacking him every single week. And what is he supposed to do with that? It's a hard thing. It's a, hard, it's, it's a struggle as a pastor. It is a tremendous, tremendous struggle as a pastor because you, you want to be able to help disciple everybody. You want to be able to help everybody grow in the Christian faith. But eventually, there comes someone along the way who just doesn't want to grow. They're constantly, they're constantly making your life miserable. And this pastor, doesn't, he doesn't want to remove this member, of course not, because he loves him. He loves him, but his life is, you know, his, he's constantly being attacked by him. And so he's lost our words. He's, he's not sure what exactly to do. And our conference leader just says, you know what, just recommend him, just refer him to another church and hope that he goes. <laughs> right? But it's a difficult thing. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's one of the things that we were talking about, too. Why is he here? You know, why, why is he coming to church, right? So, I mean, I, I mean, he comes to church, and whenever the pastor preaches, he's always attacking the pastor over uh, the, the, the scriptures and things like that. But that's something that's core to our beliefs. And then we talk about the Trinity, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We talk about the incarnation. We talk about the new birth, how we repent, confession, that we are born again. Our baptism is a representation of that, that when we're put inside the water, we are now dead to, to our old self. And as we are being raised up from the water, we are now experiencing that new birth. And that's what, that's what Romans chapter 6, verse 4 talks about. And we talk also about the comings, the second coming of Jesus Christ. And these things are our core beliefs. And outside of these things, how are we supposed to respond to each other? And the scripture says we are to accept one another. Accept one whose faith is weak. And the, em- <clears throat> the emphasis here by the Apostle Paul, the emphasis here that he's talking about is that we are to accept this person without quarreling over disputable matters. And what he's, trying, what he's saying here, what the Apostle Paul is saying here is that don't just try to accept that person so you can try to change them. Don't try to just accept that person so that you can try to win a debate with them. Just, you know, don't accept that person just so that you can argue with them. Okay, many times, sometimes that's what we do. We accept people, we bring them into, into our churches, we bring them to be with us for the purpose of trying to, trying to force our doctrines down, you know, on them. Trying to change them to, to, to a certain system or, or certain way of practicing the faith. And, and I know this is on camera, but one of the things that, 
And many times when I meet with a conference, and being that I'm involved with the conference too, many times when I meet with the conference, it's one of the criticisms that I often have for the leadership at the conference is that you guys try so hard to conform our local churches to you, right? You don't allow us to, to operate as according to what, we, what, what our beliefs are. And yet you try so hard to push your agenda on us. As, as a local church. And not only that, at the same time, even for the Mongols, you try so hard to force the Mongols to, you, to go by your agenda. It just doesn't work because the culture is so different. And we have to understand that. And so one of the things that I'm trying to change, especially for the Mongols being part of the, the conference caucus, is trying to change the way that, that uh, the Mongols, be, uh, the course of study is run for the Hmong culture because the way that's currently run right now is just not applicable for them. It's just not very applicable for them. And so one of the things I try to, you know, I try to get the message out to the conference is that you know, we, we need to empower our local churches. We need to empower our, our local communities instead of having an agenda and trying to get you know, our local churches, our local communities to go by that agenda. Because many times it, it, it's just not applicable to that community. The things that they do in San Francisco is not very applicable to the things that we do here in Northern California. The things that they do down in Los Angeles are oftentimes not very applicable to us here in Northern California, things of that sort. And so it was one of the things that we try, that we try to get the message across. And this is what Paul is trying to say here, is that when we accept people, we're not, trying to, we're not accepting them for the purpose of trying to force an agenda on them or trying to conform them to us. But when we accept them, when we accept them, what we want to do is we want to be able to see them as our brothers and sisters. We want to be able to see them as family. We want to see them as family. Many times this is, many times this is part of the issue is because we have so much chaos, so much division, because we don't see each other as brothers and sisters. We see each other as enemies just because we disagree with each other on these disputable matters. Now we start seeing each other as enemies. Even though we're from the same church, even though we're from the same denomination, even though we worship the same God. Even though we belong in the same country, we still see each other as enemies because we fight over these things. That's why there's so much chaos, so much division. And the Apostle Paul is saying, you know what, you must first accept one another. If you want to be able to talk about these things, you must approach these things as brothers and sisters. Not with the thought of trying to just win win a debate or win an argument, but you must accept each other with a genuine idea that you are going to see each other as family, see each other as brothers and sisters, and not as enemies, not as enemies. You know, our disagreements, guys, our disagreements doesn't mean that we hate each other. Our disagreements doesn't mean that we don't belong to the same God. God himself, the, the Bible itself here in Romans chapter 14 tells us that. It tells us that we are all children of God, that we are all one family. And over this disputable matters, we can just, you know, we, we can let it go and just accept one another, one another over them. And the, and the Apostle Paul wants to make sure that he's emphasizing on this. He's emphasizing on this and letting us know that over the, these kind of matters that you may disagree over, over these things, you are to accept one another. See each other as family. See each other as brothers and sisters. Don't see each other as enemies. 
Okay, don't, don't see that other person as, as an enemy of yours, but see each other as brothers and sisters and know, know that you're all children of God. You all belong to God. And when you do these things, then it allows you to actually discuss things. Okay, it allows you to discuss things. But if you're seeing each other as enemies, man, you see each other as, 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 as you know, your opponents, it's, it's hard to discuss things. Even if it's your brothers and sisters, right? My brothers and sisters, they're all, well, most of them were here, here for, um, uh, for my brother's wedding. You know, even my brothers and sisters, we, we disagree over a lot of things, right? We disagree over a lot of things. Actually, they disagree with me over most things in life. <laughs> so, okay, that's how siblings are, you know? And they disagree with me over most things. And so, but regardless of that, regardless of those disagreements, we still need to see each other as brothers and sisters, because that's who we are. We're brothers and sisters, and we, when we see each other as brothers and sisters, then we gives us this motivation to work through these, these, these disagreements. Gives us a reason to work through these disagreements. But if we see each other as opponents, my, my youngest sister is probably the most stubborn one. She's probably the one that hates me the most, okay? And we disagree over most of, the, uh, most of life, okay? Because I'm the oldest one, you know, we're, we're about 10 years apart, and so she disagrees with me over most part, you know, most life, you know, everything about life, you know? And so, um, and yet, we're still brothers and sisters. Yeah, we're still brothers and sisters, and o- even over our disagreements, when it's time for us to do something together, we still need to approach it as brothers and sisters. You know, if we, we, if we don't do that, we'll never be able to talk to each other again. We'll never be able to, you know, you know work with, together again. The second part that we need to remember is that we need to stop, stop judging people. We need to stop judging people over these non-essential things. In the, our churches, in our Christian denominations, we usually have the evangelicals and the mainline Protestant churches. We, we hate each other. <laughs> We, we, you know, so many times, so many times. You know, the original plan for, I was talking to Joe the other day. I was driving Joe down to, um, down to, um, to, to um, Sacramento. And Joe was talking about, you know, my time coming here and how Pastor Shine came here. The original plan, the original plan was for me to come here, not Pastor Shine. It was actually, the original plan was actually for me to come here to work with Pastor Dave. Okay, and Pastor Chakul was still here too. And so that was the original plan, but... I came from evangelical um, denomination. And so when they interviewed me, I said, I should have cut my mouth shut, but I didn't. I said, you know what, I think there's a lot of things that the Methodists can learn from us. And I think there's a lot of things that we can learn from the Methodists. And so they say, oh, man, this guy's too evangelical for us. All right, and so he's he's talking too much about the CMA. You know, he thinks that 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 the CMA, you know, that we need to learn from the CMA. That's not my point. My point was that we can learn from each other, and I truly believe that. I truly believe that we can all learn from each other about the Christian faith, because being in the mainline of being in in the evangelical um, denomination, what I see is one of the strengths that they have is they're very theological. They're very theological. They're very centered on the scriptures. They value the scriptures very much, more so than we do in the mainline Protestant churches. Yet, a lot of times, they don't put that into practice. They value that, but they don't put it into practice. A lot lot of times, they fail to put that into practice. 
They don't really go out and do community work like we do here in, in, in the Methodist and in, in the mainline churches. They're more focused on studying the Bible. But if we come here to, to the mainline, our mainline uh, churches, what we see is that we're, we're very into community work and social work and things of that sort. But man, it's hard to get people to study the Bible. <laughs> it's hard to get people to actually read the Bible and to study the scriptures. And so that's the point that I was trying to make for them is that, that um, you know what, if we can just put both together, if we can put both together, if we can both take the, 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 the Bible seriously and study it seriously, while at the same time also serving our community, doing social work and doing all these things, that we will be so much better for it as Christians if we can just come together. And that's the point that I was trying to make. And they said I was too evangelical. And so that's, and that's, and that's how this whole thing with Pastor Shine kind of blew up here in our church. When Pastor Shine came here and Pastor Shine and, and um, the Mongols, they, they never really got along. And so um, that's, that's the whole issue. But, but that's my point. And, and, and that's what we need to understand is that we can learn from each other. Instead of dividing ourselves from each other, instead of judging each other, you're not real Christians. You know, if you go to, if you go to the Baptist, you go to the, the CMA, they'll say Methodists are not real Christians. I'll be honest with you, okay? They'll say that. And these things are wrong. These things... Yeah, was that? Right, exactly, right, yeah. And that's, that's not the way it's supposed to be. We all have our strengths, we all have our weaknesses, and we are so much better if we work together. If we come and we work together, we're so much better for that. A lot of times we, we fail to realize that, and so we start judging each other. And the Apostle Paul is saying here, stop, stop it. Stop judging each other but rather you are to accept each other and to work together over these disputable matters. The last point that I want to share with us today real quickly is that when we have disagreements, the Scripture teaches us how to resolve these, these disagreements. Matthew chapter 18, verse 15 to verse 17. The first thing we are to do is to go to that person privately and talk to that person. Okay, you go to that person privately, if you, if you disagree with them over certain matters and things like that, or that person sinned against you, did something that offended you. What we are to do as Christians is to go and talk to that person personally. We're not to go around town and start talking about that person, right? We're not, we're, we're not supposed to go around town and start gossiping about that person. I, mean, I, go, I go to church with this person, this person is like this, this person is like that. He pisses me off. He doesn't believe in Jesus Christ. He's not a real Christian. He comes to church, right? We're not supposed to do that. But a lot of times we do that. We go around town, and we, you know, we have a disagreement with somebody in the church, and we go around town, and we talk to everybody in town except that one person. Does that happen in the Anglo church? It happens, it happens in the home church all the time, right? And we do that. And the, the scripture is saying, don't do that. If you have an issue with somebody, go and talk to that person directly and resolve your issue. Okay? If you can't resolve that issue, well, you know what the next step is? Maybe you can take a couple people with you. Take a, maybe take the pastor, maybe take a church leader, maybe take a friend, whoever. That can go there and try to mediate for the both of you. Try to work something out. The whole point is that we have to work it out. Because we are Christians, right? We are Christians, so we need to work these things out. We can't just go on hating each other forever, never resolving anything. Okay? And if that doesn't work, then let the church know. Let the church help. And if that doesn't work, then just forget about it. It's okay. Just leave it alone. 
I'll just leave it alone at that. There's no, there's no reason to keep pushing it, okay? There's no reason to keep trying to fix it. Just, just learn how to forgive each other and just learn to move on as brothers and sisters. And just pretty much agree to disagree. And so this is how the scripture teaches us that we are to resolve our differences in the church. The scripture never teaches us to divide over things. The scripture always teaches us to unite, find ways to bring unity among us as Christians. And in these disputable matters, these are the things that God wants us to do, is accept one another. See each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. So always accept one another. Do everything that you can to live in peace with each other. Okay? Pray for each other, guys. Always continue to pray for, for each other. And if you need to resolve some issues, these, Matthew chapter 18 gives you the steps to resolving this, these issues. Let us pray together. Father, thank you so much. Thank you so much for bringing us together as brothers and sisters through your son, Jesus Christ. But as brothers and sisters, even as just it is in our physical family, Father, in, in our church family, there's oftentimes disagreements over disputable matters. And yet, Father, we ask that you open up our hearts and provide us the ability to accept one another over these things, Father. Allow us to be able to forgive each other over these things. Allow us to be able to work with each other through these things. And so, Father, today I lift everyone up to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.